listening to Colin Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. How are you doing, Dad? Um, very well, mate. Yeah. Thank you. You good. You good. Um, Even though the winter is now upon us, big time in the UK, oh. we've had a pretty rough week, haven't we, one way or another, yeah. um, weather-wise. However, that keeps me in. And by keeping me in, it keeps me busy. So yeah. I don't mind. Yeah, exactly. Time to wrap up warm. Stay indoors. That's right. Yep. <laughs> did you, you know, did you watch that? This is off topic. Did you watch the um, Leonardo DiCaprio Before the Flood documentary? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Is it really? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's all, you can watch it on YouTube. It's everywhere. National Geographic did it. Um, and they say that, you know, global warming, Europe's getting colder, all this kind of stuff. But but it's, <laughs> and, I'm really, and I'm like, well, it is. It actually is. It's bloody freezing this week. That's right. Um, yeah. But it's well worth watching. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, well, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is a bit chilly. All the heating's on full blast around <laughs> me right now. Um, so, uh, lots to talk about today. Got some questions to talk about. And then we've got a um, specific topic that we did a blog post on um, about landscapes. So, we're going to talk about that too. Um, let's dive into the questions first, though. The first mm-hmm. one comes from Janine. Janine says, I did the wine glass with the Turkish delights and I was surprised that it came out so well. I'd like to try a rose or white wine in the glass. A rosé, not a rose. (laughs) Uh, So my question is, what do I do about the background? Because it will show through the wine. I'm assuming that it has to go on first and would need a complementary colour to the wine. Uh, How do I make the wine look transparent? Mm. Uh, I, I don't think I would go down that road, in fact. I wouldn't do it first. If Your problem is you're preempting the colour that you want the wine to be. Uh, the colour of the background should actually be introduced into the colour of the wine. I mean, it can be the other way around, but I, I, I wouldn't do it that way. I would put the, um, the uh, wine in first, and that makes a statement. That's what you've done. Now what you've got to do is change or make the background fit the wine. Are you with me? Yeah. I've done that several times so people can see it, how I do it. But if you put the backgrounds on first, you're, you're preempting what the wine is going to look like. And you'll never get the wine that strong. You'll never get it the color that you want it because it'll be influenced by the colors that you've already put on. Doing it the other way around uh, is the better way of doing it. Wine in first, then background fits around it. Mm-hmm. Just have to find a way around that. If you The white wine... Um, it's still okay. You can still put influences into that if you feel you need to from a background. Yes. Uh, and you probably would have to as well. So, I mean, what I'm saying is you, you establish a background if you want to before you do, but don't put it into the glass until you've done the wine. Yeah. Then then you do it that way around. That's the way I would do it anyway. Pastel pencils is a unique um, medium, and um, you can play with it a bit. But it better to, it's better really to not to erase unless you have to. You'll see me 
every time you see me work, I, I don't, or very, very rarely do I actually make any uh, rubbing out or do any rubbing out. Uh, because if you do that, you start to destroy the uh, paper and you get a fluffiness in the paper, even though you not, can't necessarily see it, it's there. And that's what you'd have to do, I think, if you were to, to do uh, a background first and think, oh, no, I don't want that, so I'll rub it out and do it the other way around. Mm. It's a bit late then. Mm. So always approach it. If in doubt, you know, it's always best, and I've said this many times, try it on a piece of scrap paper or pastel paper and just see the colours that you want and try it that way first because you, you can work the system out that way and you get the colour that you want that way before you actually attempt it on your actual picture. Hmm. Yeah, good advice. I like that. All right. Well, I hope that helps, Janine, and for uh, for your picture. And if you do give it a try, let us know how you get on. Send it over to us. The next one comes from Peter. Hi, Colin and Steve. When doing brickwork in the landscape format, it looks very realistic due to the tooth of the paper. However, when completing a wall running at a different angle, it doesn't look quite right. Have you any advice on making the courses of the bricks look natural when running at an angle? Yes. Basically, you've got to um, remove the lines as such. And the only way you can do that is to put um, a colour on. The lighter colours are probably better for this. They, they tend to disguise the tooth better. If you put a darker colour on, automatically it picks up the ridges more. Mm. And if you put a base colour on, that will work. So it's base colours, really, that are the answer to that. Solid I've got base colour. Yes, solid base colour, yes. I've got lots of examples of that. Uh, one that comes to mind was Ainsford. When I did Ainsford, I did the brick wall on the bridge. Mm. Uh, I did one that went straight across, which uh, allowed me to use the tooth of the paper. But the wall that uh, was at an angle leading up to that was um, you had to work, and, and I did work my uh, lighter colours in, re reducing the uh, textured effect that you'd get with the bricks. So look at that. Mm. Study that one section of the Ainsford picture and you'll see what I mean. Mm, yeah, that's because I, I found that interesting, actually. That was a good, really good question because... It was brilliant. You know, yes. say the tooth goes, you know, better horizontally for, for landscapes, but obviously mm -hmm. different angles gets a bit trickier. I mean, if you get a situation occur and you, you, you find you can't do what you want to do if you've got a lot of brickwork you can always use the reverse side of the paper which is not doesn't got the tooth now i don't like doing that but i know how to get out of it and if you know you're starting out or you haven't got that experience you might find it more difficult um, okay well thanks peter that's a good question um so the next one comes from sandra Hi, I was wondering if Colin would consider doing uh, a more colourful picture like the one with the frog. Browns and greys are OK, but it'd be fun to have a picture with reds and yellows and blues, greens, oranges, etc. Something really bright and happy. Just a thought. Regards, Sandra. Yes. Yes. OK. I've got a good good uh, for you there. I think the Renoir was pretty colourful. Yes. Oh, the, the, the Bougival. <laughs> yeah. 
That was pretty. I cool. think there was pretty, and I I plan eventually to do another one of them, but this time with much more colour in. Uh, I've I've been tempted many times to to do the one. I think it's by the river. They've got a cafe area with, oh, there must be a dozen, a couple of dozen people in it, full of colour. Uh, so I plan to do that one day. But actually, I'm working on a picture at the moment, a landscape with loads of colours in it. It's, it's a very colourful landscape picture with lots of boats and lots of water. Not too many trees, you'd be happy to know. <laughs> well, that makes a change. <laughs> yes, but it's made up with lots of water. So, And that's very colourful. I'm using just about every colour you can imagine in that. Wow. So, so I'm, um, yes, you, you will get it. And I do like colour. Mm. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks, Sandra. Uh, next one comes from Greg. Greg asks a question about your Spitfire painting. He says, when your dad painted this picture, did he th- ever think of adding two fighters in the far background in a dogfight pose? <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> the answer is, yes, I did. Um, and I decided against it. The reason I decided against it is because the idea of this picture was that the Spitfire was returning home and it was over the white cliffs of good old Blighty. Yeah. And I felt that if I had a dogfight in the background, it would have just put, spoiled that lovely atmosphere mm. that I was trying to create. There was a tranquility about it, wasn't there? There was. And, and, it, and that's – when, you, when you're doing a picture, as I'm sure everybody knows – you have to have it in your head. You have to have the story there. You have to have the, the setting there. And that helps you with the uh, progression of the picture and how you handle it. So if I'd been thinking, oh, this is a lovely tranquility, the Spitfire is returning home. And I know it made it because that is in our in our local Manston Museum. Mm. So, I, so I know it did actually make it home. Um so this is a it's just a very good question. I don't think that I would actually do that. And even if I did any more of that kind of thing, I think I would follow the same formula because the idea is to teach people uh, how to um, produce these pictures and uh, not for my own enjoyment about, you know, having dogfights in the background. Yeah, so it's only it's the way I think about it, Steve. Yeah, you mentioned a, a bomber as well at, at, at one point. Do you know I did do that, didn't I? Uh, the reason I didn't or never pursued it is, although the Spitfire was lovely, I enjoyed doing it, and it's been well-received. It wasn't as popular as I thought it was going to be, and I, I was a little bit uh, loath to do another. This is what the reason I haven't done a train, which is people have been on and on about, mm. because I don't feel that it's universally a picture that people would want to do um, I may be wrong I have done a 1920s taxi just recently but and I wanted to do that but it wasn't just a taxi it was there was a reason for it being in the picture hmm. so people will eventually see that and I think they'll understand you know that it's part of the story yeah it's creating and, a feeling a yes, setting isn't it that's right and it's yeah. So this is what I've done with the Spitfire. And uh, I'm, if I did the bomber, it would be the same kind of idea. Yeah. And I, I've not, I've got so much to do. I, Steve and I were talking folks earlier uh, before the podcast saying that I've got so many pictures that I've got lined up 
I've got at least a year's worth of pictures lined up in my head. So it's very hard now to put things in and say, oh, well, I better do that. I better do that. Because there is the subject range that we have is so vast hmm. that uh, uh, the pastel pencils are capable of, of doing just about anything. Hmm. Then I want to cover it all. It's important that I do that. Yeah. Good. Okay. Thanks, Greg. Good, good question. Um, so then what I want to talk about now is we did a blog post, what makes a good landscape painting? And it came because Jill sent us an email about um, sort of more about the theory behind landscapes, um, mm. sort of two third rules and things like that of, mm. of uh, how she should um, take a, a reference picture or, or look at a reference picture and know that that's a good landscape. So, mm. you, I mean, we've written a blog post about it anyway, but do you want to just discuss it here mm. as well, just about some rules that or some guidelines that you would use when, when doing a landscape picture and composing one? Mm. Well, there's two reasons why you would do a landscape picture. One is that you want to produce one for sale. In other words, you want people to look at it and say, I like that, I'll buy that. And the other reason is that you want to do it for your own um, uh, enjoyment. So most of the time, as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing it for another reason. I'm doing it so that people can see how I've constructed the picture and they can follow the ideas. And after a period of time, by looking at it, they'll see it. So you've got different reasons for producing it, but the main reason is you want something that people would find enjoyable to look at. Therefore, you've got to construct the picture with a point to it. If you just had a load of trees um, with a few leaves on the ground and nothing else, people would be rather bored with that. The only way you could make that interesting would to be to compose it in such a way that you had the shadows or the uh, the uh, foliage or something of interest there. Yeah. So that's the thing you've got to look at whenever you're doing a landscape. It's, first of all, would people enjoy looking at it? And secondly, is it um, going to be uh, artistically acceptable? Mm. So let's, let's go from that point of view. If you have... Uh, I've, I've seen, for instance, let's just do a typical scene. You've got a, a sky, you've got distant hills, you've got a meadow maybe, or, or grass, and you've got a little stream running through it, and you've got a couple of trees, or one tree, let's say one tree. Now, you've got to compose all of those ingredients in such a way that they work. Now, what I would do in a situation like that is if you've got a, a sky... I would make, let's say, a two-third rule comes into uh, effect here. One-third would be the uh, the ground, you know, and the, and the river uh, or stream and the meadow and the distant hills. Two-thirds would be the sky, which allows you then to put the tree into the sky and make it quite a feature. The distant hills would be in the lower third and then the meadow would be uh, even slimmer than that if you see what i mean and then you put the foreground which would be maybe the stream that runs across the picture you don't want to run it 
um, straight across the pitch. It would have to go at an angle. Uh, so you'd have a river bank maybe with a fence or some bushes in it. So that's how you would kind of look at it. If you did it the other way, let's say you did it the, the wrong wrong way, in my opinion, you'd have one third sky. The rest of it would be distant hills, uh, meadow or grassland and the stream. You'd have to an awful lot of fill up to make that interesting. But by having the, the two thirds of, uh, of the sky showing, you can make that you know, as interesting as you can, but you can get away with it because you can put things against the sky. It's more difficult to do it the other way around. And this is only just a very vague example. And I'm hoping that people have got it in their heads and seen how I would do it. Now, what about the other other way, the two-thirds rule as far as the uh, the horizon side? That's the, the, the long ways, effectively. If you split that into three, you would then put the tree that I was talking about in in the first third and leave two thirds for the water or the bank. So it's it's where you position the different ingredients that are quite important on a landscape. And these are really basic rules and all rules can be broken. Mm. I've, I've given you basic idea of what I would look at to start with. The picture that I'm doing at the moment is a, a, quite a complicated picture. And I've got... I, I, when I looked at it, I thought, now, what do I do? Do I do one-third sky, two-thirds of the, uh, the ingredients at the bottom? Now, I had so many ingredients in this picture. I can't talk about it too much because Steve doesn't like me to do this. <laughs> but, I, but I've got so many things that I had to put in it. I thought, no, I've got to reduce the size of the sky. So I had a more or less one-third sky. And the rest of it, the ingredients went in beneath, beneath it. And then I worked across, like I've told you, uh, in the vertical uh, two-third rule. And I've got one-third has got a very interesting little section on the right-hand side and a really interesting little section on the left-hand side. And right in the middle is another interesting section, but they're all split up into different segments you see what I mean? Mm. Now, right at the front of the picture, I've got a, I had a hole, and I uh, I could I didn't know what to do with this hole, and so I thought, well, okay, I'm going to start the picture, and I actually got a third of the way through the picture before I decided what to do with the hole. You know what I mean? An area that wasn't filled up. Mm. Now, the problem with something like that is if you put something for the sake of it in there, it's too contrived. So you have to really think hard, and I had to think hard, and I searched the internet <laughs> for different ingredients that I could use for it. I found them in the end, and I think when you see the picture, uh, and I will explain it in the picture. I haven't, I haven't complete the, completed the picture yet, but when I do complete it, I will mention this so that you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll refer back to that. But, you know, Colin was talking about this in a podcast, and I put it in, and I think it's fantastic what I've come up with. But I had to do a lot of thinking. It wasn't just wasn't there for me. It wasn't in the, the original picture. So I had to find something that fitted, and it could quite easily have been too contrived. So these, is this, I hope this is helping everybody, because so. this is the sort of thing that you'll be faced with yourself if you compose your own pictures. Not so bad when you're copying me. Because mm. you're saying, oh, Colin's already done it for us. Thank you very much. 
but when you're doing your own pictures, these are things you've got to think about. And what it does, it means that the artist is more than just someone putting pencils or painting um, a scene. He's having to think very carefully about how he constructs the picture mm-hmm. so that when people view it, they go, oh, what a lovely picture. Now, this is a, a very uh, a picture that is very uh, involved. And there is another picture that's just struck, struck me, which you will uh, love. It's coming up, and I hope it will be soon. Uh, I've got to talk to Steve about this, actually. And this picture is a couple of animals. Now, these animals are focal right in the center of the picture. So where's the two-third rule come in here, Colin? Well, the two-third rule vertically comes into play where you've got a little bit on the right and a little bit on the left and these characters in the middle. Mm. But the lower part of the picture, which contains the meadow or the grass, is very small. So what this allows me to do is to put the two central characters here right in the center which are the focal point, and people can't miss them. They look at them. But you've got a fantastic backdrop of sky. More, It, it stretches right down to, oh, I think it's probably three-quarters sky, one-quarter of the meadow, but it works brilliantly. Yeah. So you'll see that. But as I said, originally, it was 50-50. Mm. I had 50% sky and 50% uh, meadow. So I had to alter it and change it. And uh, I completely changed it. In fact, I didn't use any of the references that I had, only the characters. So I completely uh, contrived the rest of it. So you can do this if you know what you're doing. So really, when you first started talking about this, you said it's this way and it's this way. And then you've given two examples of how it cannot be that way as well. Like it's good. Absolutely. It's really good balance, Absolutely. contrast there, because you said it's this way and this way. But I've been able to do it the complete, like, the ways that I said you can't do it, but or you shouldn't do it, but you can still do it. It's flexible enough. That's exactly right. That's what I say. You you have a, a the two-thirds rule in your head when you're doing anything, when you're composing a picture through a viewfinder, even when, uh, if you're doing a, using a camera. You can still have that in your head. So you can move your – but it, unfortunately – it doesn't work quite so well when you're taking photographs. So you have to change what you see in the photograph. And people are loath to do that. But I'm afraid it's part of an artist's job to do it. Yeah. So tell me about the other thing you mentioned in this blog post. I mean, just reiterate this story of when you went to this gallery in Croydon and say, you know, he recommended no pic- uh, no um, figures in mm. your picture. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, what happened... Um, I was quite taken aback by this because no one had ever told me this before. And when he said to me, uh, well, you know, uh, Mr. Bradley, um, our customers don't like figures in the picture. They prefer to have just the landscape. And I couldn't believe it. I said, but surely figures feature prominently in all of landscapes I've ever seen of the old masters. You know, if you think of all the all the pictures you've seen in in the art galleries, they're all figures. It, it's they make they make pictures, and I couldn't believe it anyway. I didn't agree with him, and I said, "Well, I'm sorry, you know, but uh, I, the, the, 
what I do is what I do, and I'm not going to change them. I mean, occasionally you can get away, and sometimes I do, but it's very, very rare that you'll see me do a landscape without any characters in it. Mm. I, I think that it's so important, but I know why the artists don't do it, because it's too hard. It is hard, mm. really hard to do it. Yeah. And if they mess up, can you imagine you've done a beautiful landscape and you have a, a, you know, a lovely lane and, and, and trees and foliage and little buildings and little cute little rose, um, roses around the door of the cottages and all that you can imagine, a lovely little scene. And you've got to put a couple of people in the middle of that. Yeah. They're not there. You have to make them up or you have to find them and do them. Now, if you put them and you do it wrong, you spoil the picture. So I can understand why people don't do it. But in my opinion, you spoil the picture if you don't do it. Mm. But it's just my way of looking at it. And folks, you've always got to uh, go to think for yourself. I have my own views about it. And, uh, you know, I think if you do a scene with nothing in it, then you, you lose some of the point of mm. the picture. That's only my opinion. No, I think that's a good yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. I think it was a good story as well to share that experience mm. that you had. And this was an experience gallery, and they're very, they were very famous, the, the gallery itself. I was very lucky to actually have my work accepted in it. Mm. And, uh, and they sold very well. I sold. You remember, remember we did uh, Figures in the Mist yes. some while ago? Yes. Well, that, the first time I ever did the Figures in the Mist, I, it took me half an hour to do. Uh, in watercolour and I sent it along to them and they loved it and they sold it within a week of putting it in and they sold it wow and I got I think £120 for that okay, for half an I hour's work I don't know what they sold it for but uh, <laughs> it would have been, it would have been at least twice that wow. it not, no it, no it, but this gives you an idea but but figures in the mist can you imagine a whole misty scene without any figures in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It'd just be called mist. <laughs> yes, yes, mist. <laughs> oh, yeah, interesting though. It is interesting. Yeah, great. Okay, well, that's. I think that's that's explained a lot about landscapes. I hope everyone's found that really interesting. <laughs> uh, I found that interesting as well. So, great. Okay, well, we will wrap it up then for. Uh, this week speaking of landscapes the dramatic sky landscape has gone up this week to uh, to members of our website and it's also available separately if you want to enroll in that course and uh, there's a quick clip on youtube if you haven't seen it already and on facebook of the adding the soft pastel into the sky i thought that was a good example of how you can do I, that well i tell you what you did well there because uh, last time i looked it was nearly 500 views and that's in two days not bad not bad. So, that's one of the fastest uh, growing views we've had. Yeah, it's so, a good, uh, good little clip, that. Good clip. And it's a great project. Uh, it's fantastic. It was fantastic editing that. And talk about colour. There's a lot of colour exactly. in the sky. Exactly. I was going to say that. Just going to mention that. I said, you know, you want colour, you've got colour. Yeah, lots of lovely colours in that sky. Um, so, excellent. Okay, so we'll be back next week with a feedback show. Oh, my God, loads of... Uh, work coming in fantastic work coming in this it's going to be a jam-packed show so lots to learn from that um so we'll be broadcasting on wednesday at some point but it'll be available after we've done broadcasting 
so keep your work coming in for that show and um, then we will be back the week after with another podcast uh, so yeah lots lots happening lots going on we'll have some more projects for you coming up very soon as well there's probably an animal next don't know which one but we've got a few to choose from <laughs> just a few um, so excellent all right then dad yep I'm, I'm fine good okay so uh thanks everyone for listening i'm stephen bradley and i'm colin bradley enjoy, enjoy your week. week you've been listening to colin bradley artcast learn to draw and paint online at your own pace in your own home for free courses and more information visit colinbradleyart.co.uk